last week, I think it was last week, Brian was sharing with you about the day that he was driving back from Phoenix and he couldn't see the signs. I totally understand tonight. I forgot my reading glasses, so I cannot see. So please forgive me. I'm going to use my phone. But my name is Fernando Medina. Um, I'm married to Elisa Medina. I told my wife, I wasn't going to embarrass, embarrass her, but I w- I'm going to. Elisa, uh, my son of you may be here, son of the commercials on Caleb. She's the cutest voice on the radio from Hands of Hope. That's my wife. All mine. Um, I know. That's when you know that God really is merciful, when she gave me my wife. Uh, we, uh, we have two boys, Fernando Jr., Tyler. He's 18. Praise God, he graduated from high school. Oh, Lord. We made it. I know. Uh, and two girls, Alexis and Emily. Uh, I really want to say thank you, Brian and Kimberly, for the invitation. It's a privilege. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, last night I was preaching on church for teenagers, and this morning I did two more services, and here I am, four. Um, and this morning I shared with the teenagers, and I was like, for the first time I feel intimidated to teach teenagers. You know, youth is it's hard to read, but it is really amazing to see how much potential, how much life they do have. All right? Um, just a little bit about me. Uh, when I was asked if um, I was okay to come and share with you guys, I freaked out and I was asking God, and I said, Lord, what can I share? And I was praying, and I said, God, and in my mind went, and I picked like 20 passages, and you know, did so many, and I was like, oh, I don't know how many of you guys, uh, I'm going to speak to the guys, but I always pray, and I say, God, if you're going to speak to me, speak through my wife. Half of the time, I don't like what the Lord has to say, but I'm not going to argue with my wife, you know, so I know it's coming from God. So, you know, and sure enough, we're walking out, and I was like, oh, Lord, what did I should do? And right before the Lord was like, Fernando, share with them what I did in your life in 2000. And sure enough, we're walking out of the service and she was like, why you don't share your story? We all have one. So unfortunately, you guys are going to hear a little bit of my story, what God has done in my life. We're going to pray and we're going to dedicate this time and this moment for him. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, your kindness and your goodness over us. Father, you don't hold anything against us. Lord, all you ask is to come before you and like we were singing to surrender ourselves to your feet. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus to forgive our sins, Lord, to pure our hearts and fulfill our life with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to open our Bibles on Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And in the chapter, is Jesus is speaking, and he is talking about, you know, 
how we worry so much. Uh, I think this is a male issue. I'm sorry that I'm picking at the guys, but we worry so much. Like, how are we going to do this? How much money are we going to make? How much are we going to pay this? And I mean, it's a male thing, I think. You know, we worry so much. And what are we going to do? And, and Jesus is speaking and talking to the disciples. And he say, hey, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about, look at the birds. They're not even worried. And they have Every day they have something to eat, you know. And he's spoken and speaking to the disciples and say that. And we're going to pick up in Matthew 6:33. By the way, as my favorite Bible verse. So since I was being asked to teach, I said I'm going to pick whatever verse I want. So I pick my verse, and it say these things. I'm so sorry. It say seek the kingdom of God about all this, all else, and live righteousness, and he will give you everything you need. You know, early in the week I was reading several uh, versions, and I was like, oh, what does this mean? You know, and seeking the kingdom of God. What does that mean in my life? What can I do? Um, Going back to my childhood, I'm a fatherless and a motherless. You know, when I was two months old, my mom, she was 16 years old. She didn't know better about kids, so she left me behind with my grandmother, and I was raised by my grandmother. When I was eight and a half years old, my mom came back, and we tried to work it out, and she asked me to go back and live with her, and I said, ah, mom, I know you're my mom, but I don't love you. And she was like, what? And he said, I haven't lived with you, so I don't know. You know, I know you're my mom, but that's it. So I did what every good kid that would do with the parent. I went try to work it out with my mom. I moved with her. We were very unstable in a womb. One night uh, in the house that we were staying, a 16-year-old girl started coming and molesting me. Now I'm fatherless, motherless, and being abused. At nine years old, a little less than nine. So at that point, I say, you know what? It's not God. All religions say, God is good. God loves you. God protect you. But what was God when my dad turned around and left my mom? What was God when my mom ran away because she didn't know what to do with the child? And what was God when this girl came? And what was God too when I did wrong things and my grandmother would say, that's why your mom left you behind. Where was he? So I went wild. And I said, what is the purpose to believe in God and to not? Life is messy anyway. So I went wild. And I went dark, you can be. I was the crazy guy in the street that I screaming to God and like, causing a hand, doing all kinds of things. Same thing to the devil. The devil wasn't going to do anything to me because I wasn't his side. God didn't do anything to me because he's merciful. And I didn't understand that. The word of God says that God, he hasn't condemned the world because of what he wants. He wants to save the whole entire world. That was his mercy. That was his kindness. And in the back of his head, and he said, you don't know what you're doing, knucklehead. Time go by. I'm getting in trouble, I was a fighter, you name it. I mean, I did so many things. 
it is, I was sharing a story a little early with someone and it's so, well, you know, one morning I woke up, I didn't know, my wife doesn't know this, but she's just gonna find out. A mile away down on Grant and Swan, I was in, what is it, in the southeast corner of Grand and Swan. I almost got, we were in, it was a gun fight and, you know, with the mercy of God, nothing happened. Bullets everywhere. And here I am. You know, I, I, when they asked me to come, I was like, wow, I remember that night. Later I came to Christ. And I woke up one, mo- one Sunday morning. This is before Christ. And I woke up the Sunday morning and I say, I woke up and I say, it got to be more than the life I'm living. I was dying inside. Bitter. Unhappy. And all I want, and I did this last night and this morning, and I'm going to do it again to all of you. I was seeking for one thing that we all are seeking even this day. And you all are seeking the same thing that I was. I just want to be loved. That's all I want. So I woke up that morning and I said, you know what, God? You know that I hate you. Now I'm broken. I hit the wall as hard as I could. And I said, you know that I hate you. And I don't even know if you're real. But you are. Save me. And this is the picture I have when I was praying. And I say, I just feel that I'm just going down to this dark hole. So desperate. Try to grab something. So I can have a little bit of hope. But nothing happened. And I say, oh, I want to just want to open a door. And when I open the door, I want the reflection of light hit me. And I just want to be happy. And if you do. I will serve you. I have no clue who was, I was praying, but it was a God that somebody told me. But now I'm broken, I'm vulnerable, and I just all want to be happy for the first time in my whole stinking life. 26 years old. You know, a thunder come out, dark sky, no, just kidding. No, nothing happened. You know, the pray didn't work. So here I am again broken and I have no clue who I was praying for I got a phone call a friend of mine comes and he said hey can I stay at your house and this it was one of the nicest people I ever met besides Brian Lee you know and I said of course dude, you can stay as long as you want so he stayed and one morning I woke up and he's on the top of his bed I see a Bible and red flag every and I was like, no. And it's in Mexico to the Christian people we call hallelujahs. And I go to the guy and I say, Jose, are you hallelujah? And he's like, hee, 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 the happiest man in earth. Hee, 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 yes, I am. And I said, whoa. And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight honest to you. You talk to me about your God, I promise you, I'm gonna, you, you know what, out of this house. He's like, hey, hey, okay. You know, he starts sharing the gospel with my roommate, and I start hearing these stories about Jacob, Abraham, Moses. And I was like, I know those guys. 
you know, and my heart and my alcohol and my drug addiction, it got worse. It got to get worse before it gets better. And it's the fire, you know, and, but I'm hearing this. And I memorize, as a little kid, two verses of the Bible. So I'll, I encourage some parents that the Word of God never come back empty. So I always fight the hallelujahs with these two verses. And I intimidate people uh, because I only knew two verses, and they're like, oh, this guy knows the Bible. Yeah, I knew those two verses, but that was it. You know, and I just played it in my side. So, you know, he started sharing the gospel with my roommate. And I woke up one morning, and my roommate is like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Christian. This guy shared the testimonies, and this is, yeah, you got to surrender to God. Long t- story short, he walked away. He never gave his life to Christ, and I started going to church with this guy. So I go to church, and I love the church people. And they're so lovely, and finally somebody cares about me. And I, said, I was so happy. And I said, I'm going to go. My friends say, hey, you know what? I got to go back to Mexico. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We just barely started going to church. He said, you super friendly. You know half of the congregation already? See ya. I checked with you in a month. And I was like, what? Sure enough, he left. A month later, he called me and said, hey, how's it going? I said, you know, I'm just playing church. The man in me, you know, the macho. I said, I'm not going to show my feelings. I said, oh, I'm just going to church, you know, playing and... And, and it was true. And I was living a double life. Selling drugs, one race. I mean, one hand I was raising, praising God, and the other one holding all the drugs that I have. And to finally I confess my sin to the youth pastor, and I said, Robert, I wanna, I'm doing this. And he's like, today is the day of salvation. You've got to choose what you're going to do. And with tears in my eyes, I said, I want to have what you have, but I don't know how to get it. And then he's like, Fernando, you got to choose. And I said, you know what? Okay. Sunday come, preacher came from California, preached my life. I don't know who talked to this guy before, but he is like, Next thing you know, I open my eyes and in front of the pulpit, give my life to Christ. November 26th in 2000. May 29th in 2001, I got baptized. Ready for this? pick up the phone, call my mom, the one who raised me, my grandmother, and I said, Mom, guess what? I'm going to church. I'm going to change my life. Ready for this? This is her words. I'm so glad that you changed because you embarrassed our family for so many years. It hurts, huh? But it was true. And then God used that to make me grow. And in the beginning, I just want to Prove my mom wrong. But later I find out the love of Christ. And for the first time, I realized that he genuinely loved me and he genuinely cares for me. And then after that walk, I prayed for seven years for my wife. And I was very specific. I need this, I need that, I need that. Three things. And those ones who are praying for a wife, I'm going to give you a tip. This is what I pray. I want a woman who has a very good relationship with her her dad. Because if she has a good relationship with her dad, she was going to have a good relation with with me. I want a person who loves God more than she loves me. 
And I want a person who cares for others. And God said, I got it. Took me seven years. We met, and the first thing that she say is, oh, I don't know if I can do it with that accent. He's too Mexican. And I was I'm going to get this girl. I said, you know what? You're too snobby for me. So we were like bumping heads a little bit, you know. But God is merciful. And, you know, I said earlier I was sharing a story and just literally down the street, across the street from the high school, used to be a facility called Las Familias. This is another thing that my wife doesn't know and she's just going to find out too. A Las Familias community, it was, in, it was a community, it was a program for the government. And I was talking to a friend of mine and I realized that I got angry management. And I was miserable. I was... Oh, I was, and I went, and, a, and this person helped me to deal with the angry management. He helps me, and the day when I was going to get married, I called the guy, and I said, Leo, you got to be here, you know, I'm getting married. And I was so grateful because they said, Leo, you're part of this, all the change you're doing. And it was so cute because he was a Jewish guy, here's a new Christian guy, who I was going in that time, I was going to college to be a psychologist. I mean, I was studying psychology, and, and I said, Leo, I don't believe psychology. I'm Christian, so it's so spiritual, you know? And he's like, here's the paperwork. You want to do it funny, you don't. But I surrendered, and I shared this story with a friend of mine, and I said, you know what I noticed? The one thing that had really changed? The one day when I was broken, and I came to the office, and I just punching walls and everything, is he cried with me. The social worker did cry with me. He showed me that he was vulnerable. I break his heart. You know, and I was like, yes. But it shows me support. It shows me that he cared. And that, it shows me that God really genuinely loved me. And if you are worried if I'm happy, unhappy I can be. But uh, my desire and my encouragement is, to encourage you to seek the kingdom of God. I know that we worry about so many things. As a Bible in the birds, I, it, but still sometimes I, I struggle with it, and I didn't know that my wife does too. Is in Romans 8:28, the Bible says that all things work for good. A lot of you know that. And if I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my past bother me, and it really define who I am because of my past, I would not be here. I need to go to those rough times and all the pain, all the sorrow, all the left out to realize one thing, to value love, to value what I have. When Jesus died on the cross for us, every, the Bible said that all the disciples and everybody else went back and do their own life. But three days later, the most powerful story of love just began. And that's one of the reasons we're here. That's the main reason. My encouragement every time I talk to people, I say, if you really want to make one story of the Bible yours, you want to own it, own the crucifixion. When the Passion of the Christ came, came out and I went to the theater, and I was sitting on the theater right in the middle, and I was 
right in the middle of the screen and you know this the part when Jesus is carrying the cross and he's all weak and he just fall down and the, the cross just smash his head you know and he's so weak this is me on the theater I'm watching the movie and he's all shaking and all weak and I'm like get up get up and my son my oldest son he was like dad he's gonna get up you know, and I say, shut up. I know it's like, no, get up. I'm so sorry. I don't know what was. And I say, hey, get up. But when the close of the movie and they put his face on it, this is where I really believe from the bottom of my heart. And his eyes, I was me. And I know he was staring at me directly and I say, I'm going to do it for you, Fernando. And I was shaking and goosebumps all over me. And I said, get up. Get up. And when he got up and carried that cross, I just broke down and I said, he did it for me. And when I got that story and I just make it my own, that's, one of the, that's what I serve God. The world, I don't care what they have to say, but they can take it away what God done in my life. And if he did it for me, he can do for any of you. And I'm better than you. At least you speak better English than me. You're ahead of the game. God loves us with so much passion. He is so ridiculous crazy for us. You know, when we were singing the third song, you know, just he made the darkness. Brian, I was like, God. I was telling Brian, I said, when I sing those lyrics, my chest is like, and I just get so prideful inside. And I said, that's my God. That's what he does. He brings light to the darkness. And I don't care the circumstances in your life, he can still do it. I challenge you, every single one of you guys, good thing is July 1st, we, the beginning of the month, if for a month we're seeking God for 30 days, not just looking for God, but seeking, and seeking is you got to go deep, we will find him. He will be on the end of the road waiting for us with an open arms, and they say, come home. That's our God. That's the God that we serve. My question years back, and, uh, and i got to wrap it up in here before I get in trouble. My question in the beginning is, why I go to church? One that was want to be loved, but my other one is, I'm afraid to go to hell. I was, and people, some people say, well, hell doesn't exist. And I said, well, listen, nobody else has spoke more about hell than Jesus. And if he creates everything, it has to exist. Not for me, but he created for Satan and his angels and the ones who reject his name. But my, our, my question now is, why I go to church? Why I serve God? Why I'm doing this? You know, my motivation knows? One day, I'm going to break it down to you, honey, but it's true. One day I'm going to die. And when I die... The Bible said that all men would die and it would be a judgment day. And I cannot wait 
to go to heaven and to face God, Jesus, face to face. And I'm going to be like a little kid in the candy store, and I was like, thank you for what you did in the cross. I do believe from the bottom of my heart, if what would it be just me to save, he would do it. I want to honor the worship team too. And in the meantime, I will, if you guys don't mind coming in and we can play a song, but I want to honor the worship team is because I really, most, most of the time we always focus on the pastor. We always focus on the guy with the microphone and oh, he's the pastor. But these guys, they do have a hard job. They bring the presence of God down. They do. Don't clap too hard because they're going to believe it and their head is going to get big. But they do. The Bible says that the presence of God descends on the worship. And if we can break the worries and we can now let all the baggage out before the worship, when the service comes, unfortunately, we're not prepared. I don't know how many of you are visiting Oh, how many, I don't know how many of you don't have a church. If you don't, I will invite you. I'm going to get in trouble with the pastor in here, but I will invite you to visit Element. It's a great church. I love, this is remind me, give me the flashback of the church that I started going when, when I came to Christ. And then the second is, I would love to invite it. Whoever it has not dedicated the life to Christ, I'm going to challenge you. I would ask you, not demanding, I would ask you if you can come forward, you know, and you can dedicate the life. And I say, Lord, if you change that Mexican do, you can do it to me. Even though we're going to go a little farther, even though you, you grew up in a church, you believe all these things that the people tell you. But you want to dedicate your life to Christ. You can do it tonight too. I never done an altar call, so I don't know if the pastor wanted to come. And but I do believe, I do believe from the bottom of my heart that God is still doing transformation. I believe in a God that He doesn't change you. He just transformed you. I do believe that that pride that I have, that competitive spirit that I have, I'm still prideful, by the way. God is never going to take it away. But I got that pride for the kingdom of God. I got that pride to rub it on people's face and say, God is real. Jesus is real. Not just God, Jesus. Jesus can change your life. That's my desire. God is doing it. You know, I encourage you. I, I, I ask people and I say, you don't have to do it. You don't want to come forward. And it's kind of a little awkward. That's okay. But whatever you are, God knows your heart. And he knows your, your need. He knows what you're going through. All right? We, we are going to pray. And uh, I think Pastor Brian is going to come and invite us to the communion. Okay, let's pray. All right, Father, we want to thank you for...
your love, Lord. We want to thank you for who you are. Father, thank you because you are the master and changes people's heart. Lord, you still doing that part, carrying the cross and getting up and doing it, Lord, because you know that it's going to be a transformation. Thank you, Lord, that you overcome. Thank you that you die for us in the cross, and it's because of that we have hope, and we know, Lord, that we will live eternity with you. Thank you for all you do. Bless this place, Lord. Bless this church. Father, and thank you for all they do for the community. Lord, bless their family abundantly, and let your spirit live in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.